Does this sound like you? I love starting projects. Not so great at finishing them. Selling is really scary, and I don't like promoting myself or my work. I check my email, Instagram, or the fridge instead of what I sat down to do. Both of my plates are full. Wait, you have more than one plate? I'm a total pro at making to-do lists, doing the to-dos, not so much. I don't have a lot of friends in business to hold me accountable. Oh, wait, look, shiny object. If any of that sounds like you, no shame. You're not alone. This is what the box was created for. The box is a community-driven container for creatives. Stay accountable, do the work, and actually finish what you started. Because amazing things happen on the other side of finished. Go to theboxworkshop.com to join today. How do I segment this list and how do I tag people and how do I do different things with it and how do I... And it gets crazy. I'm Bill Small. And I'm Miles Hansen. Welcome to The Subtle Art of Not Yelling, a weekly podcast for creatives about the creative process. Learn how to finish what you start, ship your work, and build a business without being the loudest on the block. Less Less noise, noise, more... How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Nice. Have you checked your inbox today? Mm, yes, I have. How did it uh, go? You know, I got to say, it wasn't too bad. Fridays, um, for whatever reason, are generally a fairly slow inbox day for me. And uh, it was pretty good. I got, uh, I had a client pay me today and I get an email about that. So really anything else that's in there, I don't care because I got paid. So that's good. I love that. Yeah. Was there anyone in there? Do you ever check your inbox and um, you always open that one email from that one person? (laughs) Uh, Person? Maybe. Uh, I have emails that I look forward to. I have a couple newsletters I look forward to. Cool. I can't say I always open them. Or I can't say I always read them the day I get them. Sure. But I always read them. Um, and I'm pretty curated with my inbox. I have gone to great lengths to... Uh, report spam and unsubscribe from things that I find annoying. Uh, And it's funny. I feel like I have this other group of emails that I get that are all promotional, whether it's from Travelocity or, you know, uh, some other airline or I don't know, other, other things that I don't unsubscribe from, but I also don't read them. So I see them in there 
I mark them all. I mark them as red and I put them in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a lot of wasted work and energy. It's funny. It it doesn't take very long. Yeah. But every now and again, one of those has something I actually do want to look at or that I'm interested in or there's an offer in there that that's cool and I I don't know. Yeah. Some and then eventually if it bothers me I'll get off of them. I think the right. thing that I am really bothered by in my email inbox because I I stay on top of it. Um I I know people who do not stay on top of their inbox. I might live with one of those people. <laughs> and I I don't like to look at that person's email. It freaks me out just the sheer volume of unopened emails. I can't do that. So I stay on top of it pretty good. But I get a fair amount of unsolicited email that I'm pretty sure comes through LinkedIn Mm, that makes me want to stab somebody. I'm not interested. I don't want it. I want you to go away. It makes me nuts. Like they're scraping emails and just yeah. sending automated yes. spam. Yes. Uh, that's so in the inbox and email is such an interesting world because it is both one of the biggest time wasters and biggest sources of spam. But also on the flip side of that, I think it's one of the most valuable things. Yeah. For a business owner, creators to share their work, to invite people into their world. Yeah. And we hear it all the time, you know. Um, Liz Wilcox is a proponent. You know, her whole business is around email and sending newsletters. I open Liz's emails almost all the time. Every now and again, like if I'm really busy, maybe I don't. But most of the time, I open Liz's emails and see what's up. Well, here's another question that's interesting is how long have you been subscribed to her and others? You know, is it? Months, years. Right. Uh, I have one newsletter called The Hustle that I've been subscribed to for probably five years. And I read those pretty much every day. So The Hustle has, and Liz, have a, they've kind of cracked the code, but it's a pretty simple code to crack, right? There's communication. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, kind of this one-to-one conversation happening or update kind of feel like you have a relationship with them. You're staying up to date um, and it's consistent. And, you know, I've been subscribed to Liz for, I don't know, at least like two years, maybe more. Mm-hmm. And I open probably at least 50%, which is a lot yeah. of her emails. And I've purchased things from her. I've worked with her. I, I did a, you know, a, our box page, she helped us write some of the copy for that. Yeah, I mean, we had her on the podcast last year and I've been subscribed ever since then. And Right. Yeah. So I guess what I'm getting at here is I'm always curious because I've been in the marketing world for a long time and I, I used to kind of be a funnel person. That's what initially got me into like doing my own thing. I was fascinated by the anatomy of like marketing and funnels, even though now that word just makes me cringe. Um And I prefer the word kind of ecosystem or sequence. But um, I think that a lot of creators and musicians and creative people and even just business owners are missing an opportunity to capture momentum that they're creating. 
Yeah. And they're just recreating it from scratch all the time. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I have two clients that their businesses are bigger than just them, right? But their personalities are so uh, important to the business. And if I was getting email from either one of those people, whether I needed their service that day or not, I would probably want to read what they had to say. If they can develop that and actually be consistent about it. And, yeah. and that's the thing, right? Consistency. Yeah, consistency. And can you create that one-to-one voice kind of relationship? I can only talk about my own email list. Uh, consistency, I don't have. And I even announced that when you sign up for my email list, I think I say something like, I will send you a, you know, somewhat regular or not really ever weekly, except sometimes, <laughs> you know, email, right? Uh, but I do try to keep it one-to-one. -one. I do try to keep it very relational. I get responses from people. Uh, I answer those when I have something to say. And, and that always feels really good. That makes it feel like it's worth doing to me. Like I'm not just filling somebody's inbox with crap. Right. I want to explore this a little bit in, on two different sides of it um, and kind of break, out, break down the anatomy of what we're talking about and why it's important for creators to, to set up. Um, two things. Selfishly, I think that having a consistent place to write and sit and think and think about, you know, if, if you're a business owner or you create a body of work, thinking about the end user and your audience consistently, instead of just getting lost in your daily routine and kind of thinking about yourself and right, thinking and, you know, consciously about the end user is really important for your business. You need to kind of get in the mind of and the world of your people to better serve them. And so I think it's a really good practice to do that consistently. And a newsletter, for example, is a really great way to do that. You have to put something out. You have to send it to them. And um, so from, from that side of things, I think it's really beneficial. And then from the other side of building a relationship with an audience, even if it's 20 people like that's still 20 people that um you have to earn their open open your email read it click on something share your podcast share your body of work whatever it is and potentially uh, offer them things that they can buy but why is it so hard for people to set this up oh man i think there's a couple of things one if you're starting from zero if you've never done it before, you're starting from zero, you have this initial challenge of just the technology, mm -hmm. which as someone who has been setting up various ways to capture emails for 20 years, and even back in the 90s, having a, you know, when, when email was pretty new, <laughs> having a notebook, 
that we had, you know, on the table with the CDs so we could capture email addresses, which we never put anywhere or did anything with. Uh, that was a thing, right? Yeah. Um, the technology is so much easier now. Mm-hmm. And one of those clients I mentioned just found some other email service provider I never heard of. I looked at it, I'm like, why, why am I not on this one? This is great. Uh, right. it's, it, it's super easy, but it does take a little bit of doing. You, you have to, you got to get over the challenge mm-hmm. of just, of setting, setting it up technically, right? Of being mm-hmm. able to capture people's emails in whatever way you can do that and being able to email all of those people at once. Right. And it's really, it's so easy to get lost in the what ifs and the down the roads. Well, you know, what if uh, nobody signs up or what if people unsubscribe or how will I manage when it gets bigger and how do I segment this list and how do I tag people and how do I do different things with it and how do I bubba do it? And it gets crazy. Yeah. Um, so you got to keep bringing it back to that smallest first step. How do I yeah. capture somebody's email? And then what do I do with that? I think that's a great first step is how can you just as quickly as possible set up a, a way to com- for people to sign up and send them an email every week. That's a great first commitment. Yeah. And listen, I have a frighteningly small email list and I've gone through periods of time where I send them an email every week. And as I mentioned, I've gone through periods of time and I'm in one now where I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said something interesting a, a couple minutes ago about uh, thinking about the end user. And one of the reasons I stopped me personally sending stuff weekly is it started to feel like it was about me and not about them. Hmm. That it was about me sending something because I said I would. Right. When I, in that moment, I'm not inspired to say anything. I don't have anything in particular that uh, I want to share with them or point them to. And I don't want to do that. And there are people who are better at that than me. (laughs) There are people who uh, have different businesses that I do that make that easier. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure every time I email my people that I really have something to say and that I have somewhere maybe to send them uh, for something cool. Um, yeah. and, and, I, and it's funny because sometimes I'll find myself really taking more time than I expect in writing an email because... I start writing that email and I realize uh, I don't want to, I, I feel like I'm just talking about myself <laughs> and it makes me nuts. Right. Um, and, and yeah, half the reason they're on the list is to be updated about what's going on with me. Right. Mm-hmm. But it needs to feel more relational than that when I'm creating it. Cause I right. wouldn't just walk up to any one of them on the street and say, Hey, listen <laughs> to what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> right? I think I think it's a good challenge though to think creatively about <clears throat> like if you're trying to build a business mm. without yelling, right? Cuz we don't really like to yell. No. I think that yelling 
in this example would be like, you know, sending multiple emails a week and selling and, and yes. telling them all about yourself. And, you know, if, if they signed up to keep uh, updated about you, then that's one thing. But if the intention of the newsletter, the agreement was, I'm going to teach you about your mind, right. how to quiet the mind, whatever that promise is, then yeah, you need to keep that promise. And um, I think it's kind of your uh, duty or whatever to show yeah. up for yourself and for them and for your business. But again, it really just depends on the business. And sometimes it's not that simple. Right. You know, uh, you and I've discussed this before. I just use myself as a case study for this. I have a weird business. I mm -hmm. do more than one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically when someone signs up on an email list for a musician, which is part of my email list, uh, they do that to find out where that person's playing and what new music they're putting out and stuff like that. And that can feel very me, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Here, let me tell you all about me. It's your work though. I know. Your work isn't you. Well, you get what I mean though? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So... So there is some part of that that they are signing up to to just be updated on whatever it is I'm doing with that creative work. Mm -hmm. But then there's this other part of the business that is more about um, helping people, right? Um, quiet the mind, do better at what they do, uh, see things differently, you know, to get better results. And my job has become, how do I do all of that in an email? Mm -hmm. How do I touch on all of those things in a way that isn't overwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. But there's plenty to chew on. Uh, and I like that challenge. It's difficult at times. Um. Other people have simpler things to do. But I notice, you know, if we use the hustle as an example, we should have them sponsor this episode because we're talking about them so much. But one of the things I like about it is that it's not just one thing. Yeah. Right? Uh, there's, there's usually several things that they're talking about. They have different stories in there. Um, it makes me think about different things. Some of them I'm more interested in than others. And that's great. But it's not just one thing over and over and over again, which I've been on those lists. And that makes, and then after a while, you, it's just boring. I don't want to look at that. Um, so I think it is finding what can you share with people that might be interesting, that might be engaging, uh, consistently over time however you do that yeah i think of different emails that i love there's maybe like five to ten that i will always open and you know like phil has a great one um phil powers yeah and it's yeah. it's that more like a bunch of different things but he does it in such a way where i look forward to it you know obviously he's well spoken and well written so mm -hmm. that's that helps and then 
you know, he has one, maybe I won't read the whole thing, but you can kind of skim through and take out the pieces that you want. So if he shares like a resource or a tool, I almost always check that out. And then he'll tell a little bit of a story. He'll do kind of like a case study client shout out um, and a few different other things. So it's like, I don't know, it's like a buffet in a way that's really cool. Yeah. And then Liz, Liz has the email marketing membership. <laughs> and that's kind of like the same thing every week. But right. it is very focused on a promise. And that's a paid newsletter, basically, right. uh, membership. But she is sending you a solution every week to your 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 inability uh, or overwhelmed towards writing a newsletter every week. She gives you a, a skeleton to follow. Here's an idea. Write about this. Um, so yeah, there's a million ways to do it. And I think got to just go back to just first, let's set it up, make a commitment. And start doing it. Yeah. And also, I think, and you helped me with this early on, um, is it doesn't matter if you have five emails on your list or 500 a, or 5,000. It's a big one for is people. You just start doing it. Yeah. Um, and if nothing else, one of the things you're doing is you're creating a whole lot of content. You can always go back and take stuff out of those early emails if you want and use it again a year later. Yeah, or, or if it's an if it's an article style email, yes. put that on your website as a post. Right. Like yeah. maybe there's a way to repurpose it. Right. Or it's already a part of the repurposing because like for us, we have this podcast and we send an email out, a newsletter every time there's a new one. So we're keeping people updated there. You're just, I think you're just creating touch points too, you know? Um, and then the challenge is for people, you know, a lot of people that don't come from like the marketing technical side of things, how do you get people to sign up so that you're not emailing to like one person or no people um, and I think this is where a lot of people miss the mark too, is if you don't understand marketing and how your people work, then a lot of people will just assume that people are going to sign up and you have to give it more thought and experiment a little bit more than just sign up for my newsletter. Right. Now, sometimes for the business, I think I've seen a bunch of different cases of this. Sometimes for a business, you know, you got to give people something. Especially if it's a if it's more of an online or information based uh, kind of business, then you you have to exchange something to get people to sign up for your email. Because why else would I want to do that, right? And whether that's uh, I don't know some kind of uh, video or download or book or PDF or I don't know whatever it can be anything really. There's a million different things. There has to be an exchange there. I'm going to give you my email address. You're going to give me X. What I've noticed is that I have clients that are not in the online business. They have brick and mortar businesses, right? And they actually already have a whole lot of email addresses. They're just not using them. They have email addresses because people uh, pay them you know, through email or because they communicate with their customers already via email. Um, or there's a, a point of sale email capture, but they're not using those emails. And 
And then maybe they have periods of time where they're slow or they have periods of time where, you know, they're not getting calls or people aren't coming into the store or whatever it is. Well, it's because they're not touching those people. They're not keeping those people in the know. They're not deepening the relationship they already have with those customers. And, and I know this all sounds like kind of marketing 101. Uh, I think, you know, this sort of email marketing for dummies, right? Uh, but it's important and it, it sounds super simple and it makes sense, but people don't do it. Right. Because you start getting into it and it, and it can feel overwhelming and you feel like, I don't know how to do that. and Or you're just going through the motions. It's not actually doing anything. Right. No one's signing up. No one's reading. No one's opening. Uh, and and I think you always have a good way about this where one of the first things you said to me is don't look at the results. Just commit to doing something. So whether that's sending an email every week or every other or once a month, whatever it is, commit to it for a period of time. Do it for three months or six months or a year. And then take a look at it, see what's working, see what isn't, change something, don't change something, do whatever. 100%. Um, so I think just to kind of wrap this up, it's a completely different episode than we usually do. But I think it's interesting um, because, again, there's an opportunity to build relationships. Everything happens through relationships and connections. And this is a really simple thing you can set up if you don't already have it, or if you do, maybe it needs more of your attention. And um, so, you know, like ConvertKit, I'm just going to throw one out there. Like You use ConvertKit, right? I do. Yeah. And I use ActiveCampaign and there's a bunch of different ones out there. But if you're wanting to get started and not be overwhelmed, just pick one and create that portal or pathway for people to sign up and then go be on the place like Instagram or LinkedIn or in the real world, whatever it is. If you're, you know, a brewery, then when people come in and buy your beer, like ask them to sign up to stay connected. Um, give people a reason to sign up other than just signing up and then just stick with that promise. And yeah, and then actually connect with them. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a skill that can be uh, practiced and improved, but you have to actually be doing it to get good at it. Yeah. Um, and we could do a whole other episode on how to find your voice and connect with people uh, through email. Maybe we will someday. But it. Yeah. I, I think what we're saying is, if you're not already effectively or you don't feel like you're effectively using email as a way to connect with your current or future uh, customers or clients or people, um, maybe you should be. And, and why don't we do this? Why don't we take all of these things that you and I touched on? Uh, the people like Liz Wilcox, who's really great at this, and some of the tools that we use and all that, we'll put it all in the show notes. So if anybody's going, hmm, maybe I should get back to that, well, use the show notes as a place to start. 
you know, get you, get you kicked off anyway. That's perfect. Cool. I'm going to go send an email now. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. We can't do this without the support of our listeners. So please leave us a review or sign up for our newsletter at subtleartofnotyelling.com. Thank you.